This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, and artistic administrator slash principal second violin, Merwin Sue. And we also have a special guest today, that is Felicia Canny, who is the TSO's director of marketing. Welcome to everyone. Great to be back couple of things that I want to bring up. Uh, number one, I gave you a little bit of a preview of this uh, right before we went on the air, and that is that we have a new sound effects board. We're going to start adding to this as we go along. So when we have guests, maybe today, Felicia, you'll say something brilliant that we can use on the sound effect board. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you a quick little uh, example here. Hello, this is Alain Trudel, music director of the Toledo Symphony. See, through the magic of a uh, digital soundboard here, we actually have Elaine Trudell in the studio. But he can only say that one <laughs> over phrase. Over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> but we That's do his have, only comment. Here's his, his trombone. <laughs> right. And then we have... Uh, I like, hope I don't yay. get that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I will try not to overuse the soundboard. I know it's... <laughs> Already Tempting. too late. Probably. I love the fact that it's Alain's personal trombone. It <laughs> yes. feels like he, he will actually be disappointed by one of our answers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if he really likes what you do, then we get this. It was a uh, was wonderful our, chorus of very of highly episodes. paid actors. Oh, a couple okay. of episodes ago. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> exactly. How'd you know it was us? <laughs> and now, the, number two, the second thing I wanted to acknowledge was um, the fact that it was recently announced that Zach Vassar is 20 under 40, one of the uh, 20 under 40 recipients, which is kind of a big deal. Thank you. Right? Can we get a round of applause for that? Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thanks for not using the apathetic one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that there's a dragnet sensitivity mm -hmm. to that right. last one. Exactly. Yeah. Could go either way. Right. Well, the subject of our uh, program today is Symphony on Stage, and it's inspired by the TSO's upcoming concert with Leslie Odom Jr. That's at the Stranahan Theater, October 21st, a week from Saturday. And, of course, Leslie Odom is famous for originating the role of Aaron Burr in Hamilton. And since I don't know almost anything about Hamilton, we brought Felicia in because she's the resident Hamilton expert. <laughs> yes. So as we go along, we'll, we will draw on your vast reservoir of knowledge. Felicia, but before Should've we do that, the buck in. <laughs> I want to go around and do a little flash round and everybody say what their favorite musical is. Hopefully something that you've actually seen, right? So let's, I, I will give you mine. Mine is uh, Candide. I'd say I love that musical. How about you, Merwin? I actually do have to say my favorite is Hamilton. Okay. Um, the first one that I actually kind of fell in love with the genre with is Grease. And my guilty pleasure musical, the one that it's actually not really a Broadway musical, but it should be, um, is the South Park movie. <laughs> and that's just, it's. Well, that was a musical. It wasn't a Broadway musical. Yes, but, but it, it be. eventually became, I mean, you know, it, it teased the fact yeah. that the creators of Book of Mormon were going to be great musical right, writers. Right. So. You want to sing a few bars for us? Or? Blame no. Canada. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, um, plead a cold and avoid having to beep myself on the air yeah. because they had to famously do that during the Academy Award. <laughs> oh, you did it. <laughs> did it uh, not even a real it, country anyway. It was Robin it was Williams, Robin, right? Robin Williams yeah. for, um, the, and the line is for all that hockey hullabaloo and that you missed the beep cue. <laughs> and Marie, too. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm a little slow on the draw here. I'm still getting used to my vast powers of, of, the sound, of uh, sound effects. Exactly. Merwin, I didn't know that was the lyric. That is it's the Anne Murray. It is Anne. Oh, Murray. I love it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, Merwin, you're Canadian, right? I, I am. Yes. Yeah. So you know these things. <laughs> we we have so few celebrities. We claim every one of them proudly. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is Canadian civics 101. Pretty here. much. Yes. Felicia, what is your favorite? I, I have I'd have to say uh, Beauty and the Beast. Really? Yeah. Unexpected. I know it. It follows the film version. So the film came first, and the musical second. But there's something about it. And I yeah. think it must be like right at the end of the first act. Interesting. The Beast belts his his <laughs> song. <laughs> well, Beauty and the Beast, uh, that's going to crop up again during the course of our quiz, which mm-hmm. is coming up in a little bit. Zach, what's your uh, yes. favorite musical? My favorite would be Sweeney Todd. Oh. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Yeah. My first favorite. My first favorite was probably something more wholesome, but uh, by the time I was a teenager, I discovered Sondheim, I discovered Sweeney Todd. Gorgeous lyrics, one of the uh, darkest storylines. So if there's black comedy in the musical genre, I think that would be it. Does anybody want to talk about any specific stories that they have uh, in regards to a musical? I know that you went to see Hamilton, Felicia, right, yes. in Chicago. Yes. W- was that uh, was anything that you want to talk about during that experience? Well, the first thing I noticed was uh, I was surrounded by high schoolers. <laughs> so uh, my husband and I took a day trip to Chicago. It was a matinee performance. And when we got there, he's a school teacher. So we were trying to avoid the kids. And then they were surrounding us. So that was our first yeah. Uh, memory from Hamilton. And then when the, the show started. So do you like kids or no? I love kids. Okay. <laughs> kids are great. <laughs> you notice I'm not touching the sound effects board right now. I could, I could have brought something in there. but Oh, really? Oh, yeah. thank Crying you, Brad. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> but please, go on. And uh, my my one memory was when the show started, it was – it was hard to hear any of the singing on stage because clearly everyone who was there knew the musical, knew all the words, oh, and yeah. the cheering was so loud. All I could see for the first five minutes was just dancing and moving, and that was it. Wow. So that was uh, that was my initial experience of Hamilton. You know, you talk about, um, Merwin, you talk about South Park as a musical. I went to see uh, Family Guy live, like in, oh, in, in wow. music at mm-hmm. Carnegie Hall, mm-hmm. right? And it was all the people from Family Guy coming in and doing their voices and singing and everything. And the crowd, I mean, Carnegie Hall was packed to the gills and everybody was rowdy and crazy. And it was such a great experience because yeah. I had sat there so many times. And, you know, you all were there for the, mm-hmm. the symphony when it, they were there. And you know what a revered kind of holy place this is in the world mm-hmm. of classical music. All of a sudden it turned into a frat house for a couple <laughs> of hours. And and it was just an amazing experience, you know, and people uh, people just having a great time. So yeah. it'd be nice if we can kind of capture that genie in the bottle and and you know let it loose in the in the concert hall. So we'll talk about some of those things today. But first, I do have a, a bit of a a quiz for you, as we often do, and this is a, a classical ancestor quiz, maybe like musical DNA quiz. I'm going to play a a little snippet of a classical piece. And if you know what it is, go ahead and say what that is. And and then we're going to see if you can tell me what musical was, you know, maybe inspired by it, maybe borrows from it. There's one or two cases where they explicitly borrow from it. 
So Felicia's uh, literally bouncing in her chair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like to do well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's you see. The entire if, uh... week listening to musicals to figure this out. Right? <laughs> no, I should have done that. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Here comes the first one. Takes it a minute before it gets before it gets really into it. Any takers, Zach? You have an idea. I do, and I'm, I'm happy you played this because I've always heard this when I listen to that concerto, and I wonder, did Bernstein steal it? There's a place for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yay! A round of applause for Zach. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you just cheapened West Side Story and Mozart at the same time. I don't know quite how you did that. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that, that harkens back to the Mozart and Moore concert we did a couple weeks ago, so it's uh, just a nice way to uh, hear the music again. Yeah. yeah. Here's number two. Oh, I like this one, but it, this was a almost exact lifting. <laughs> Oh, well, I'll let it play. See if you recognize this. Well, the first excerpt was from Alexander Borodin's mm-hmm. Prince Igor, mm-hmm. so you probably yeah. can figure out what the musical is. So is that Kismet? That is Kismet. Okay. Yeah. I, t- I had to pick a, a slightly a less- more... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a slightly lesser known example yeah. of that. Because Kismet, as we all know, all the music comes from Borodin, yeah. from mm-hmm. various pieces. So I like to call it Borodin. <laughs> <laughs> to help you spell. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. This should be easy. So, Labo on Torrent. Yeah. Bravo, Merwin. Good job. Um, Okay, number four. What musical is this? This is Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto. What musical? I had no idea. I think it's this theme that's about to come up. That was it? We'll see if you can get it from this. Little Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber never stole from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Jesus Christ Superstar. Wow. And let's see if we can get this one. We're getting into the vocal edition now. Mm-hmm. This is the great tenor Mario Delmonico. <laughs> See if you can guess which one came first. This is nothing like. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Oh. And that's almost note for note. It's really stunning yeah. to think about that. Well, except Andrew Lloyd Webber version was a little bit faster. So, okay. you know, that's... <laughs> so that keeps the lawyers away. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask about that. <laughs> I have read that uh, he pays royalties to the Puccini estate. So, yeah, which would make sense. Uh, I, I was going to go see Phantom of the Opera when I was living in Boston. A music professor pulled me aside and said, you know, he stole all the music. And he played some of the Puccini for me. And I'd been listening to Phantom by that point for 15 years. I never knew there was a Puccini connection. <laughs> and I just was devastated. I went out to the to the opera house that night and watched the performance. And I just had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder all of a sudden. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, ALW. <laughs> this is for you, Zach, because you're a Mahler fan. I don't know the musical. This is also for you, Felicia, because you love this musical. Oh, is this? Oh, you're oh, right. That's right. <laughs> so go ahead, the song. You have to, yeah, you have to sing it for us. Oh, me? Sing along with Jerry or Bob. I'll only sing along if Zach and Merwin sing with me. Come on, Felicia. So, Disney and Mahler, what could possibly go wrong, right? I think this is the last one. This is, again, Puccini, Madame Butterfly humming chorus. What does it remind you of in musical? Classic, great musical. It's Les Mis. Yeah. 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 Well, that was fun. A little classical ancestor quiz there. I mean, it just speaks to the fact that, you know, uh, classical music has a long uh, history, a long pedigree that extends into the world of the Broadway musical. And you guys are really – a big part of that because as a symphony orchestra doing occasionally these broad, these forays into the mm-hmm. world of Broadway, mm-hmm. you really get a taste of that dichotomy between symphony and stage and the differences between the concert hall and the uh, theater on Broadway. So we're going to talk about some of that today, but mm-hmm. uh, who wants to talk a little bit about the differences between like Broadway from 50, 60 years ago to how it is now and the difference, if any, between, you know, the symphonic repertoire 50, 60 years ago and how it is now. And there's there's a big challenge, I think, there that is in front of us. You want to talk about that, Zach? I just think back to the Broadway from even farther back. You know, there was a time when it was almost vaudevillian. You know, Broadway had this sort of ragtime recklessness with it um, that kind of became more qualified in a way when Rodgers and Hammerstein started cranking out some wonderful American Broadway. Um, you think of any of the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals, you think of things like The Music Man. There was a point where there was a high moment in the 50s and 60s that this was American culture that everybody could really celebrate and get behind. Going to Broadway was something that was was enticing. It was a, It was a destination. And that really just continued on with all of the different sorts of musical trends you know you think about broadway musicals from the 70s they definitely had more of a disco focus and then as you get into the 80s that's when you got these blockbusters like uh phantom of the opera les mis um that were high in in orchestral quality 
You know, they were often performed with a lot of classical musicians down in the pit. And now as they've been even revised a little bit, more and more live musicians in the pit. Well, that's also kind of the time period when the symphonic movie score was making a big comeback right. through the efforts of people like John Williams, especially mm-hmm. with all of his big blockbuster film scores. And it, you bring up such an interesting point that the, the Broadway musical, in, in some sense, reflected the culture mm-hmm. at the time was mm-hmm. going on, American culture. But it right. also managed to elevate itself through the use of the symphony. Sure. Right? Which is something that you guys are doing um, when you do symphony repertoire mm-hmm. on the stage. Yeah, talk a little bit about like some of the concerts that you've done in the past and how they felt different to you or how they enhanced the experience of uh, Broadway on stage. Well, when we get the chance to work with an artist like Kristen Chenoweth or Leslie Odom Jr. or Audra McDonald, you realize the incredible ability they have to communicate and to use their instrument to communicate. But I also think that one of the things that I've always really enjoyed um, when working with those artists is there's a vulnerability, a personhood about them. They're very willing to share of themselves on the stage. Yeah. And I think there's something about about that. There, There's almost a mythos that it's Within classical music, it's too dangerous to have too much of the performer shine through, lest it overshadow the composer or the music. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's fascinating to be able to watch a great um, Broadway singer and just through the choice of the repertoire they're bringing, um, really show us something of the mm-hmm. performer, of their own personhood. And I think that's something that people really connect to. There's this turn of phrase that, you know, you don't want the singer to best the songwriter, but sometimes the singer bests the songwriter. Um, in classical music, we really try not to do that. We don't want the soloist to best the composer, but it, maybe that is the difference, is that the Broadway celebrates the innovation, the uh, the raw musicianship in a different way than the concert hall typically Perhaps. does. So when there is that mashup, there's this kind of exhilarating sense of, we can do this off the cuff. I'll never forget when Kristen Chenoweth, one of my first concerts uh, as president, came out and sat down on Kirk Toth's lap and started, you know, <laughs> caressing his hair. And I'm thinking, uh, what is happening here? <laughs> but where was I, the violin at that point? <laughs> he is the concert master. He had a violin. It was right? appropriately placed. Yeah. Okay. But... No violins. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I was really hoping for a sad trombone at that point. I thought that that deserved it. I mean, well, going back to what Merwin said, one of the main reasons I think we can put a show like that together so quickly is because we bring in those conductors Mm -hmm. and they have, they know exactly how the singers perform when they, um, you know, have a certain inflection or move music faster or slower. And that's that's how we can put those shows together so quickly. It's it's very impressive, but there is that secret trick, the conductor. <laughs> yeah. uh, Felicia, let me ask you, um, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit. What can uh, the world of classical concert hall symphonic music learn from the world of Broadway and the Broadway stage and how to connect with the audience? Yeah. Well, I think there are a lot of similarities to begin with. I mean, when you have a stage production, everyone's kind of vibing off of one another and um, taking cues. And if someone drops a, a line or something, everybody's there to pick it back up. And that's kind of the same thing with a an orchestra. Not that I'm saying anyone drops anything at the TSO, but um, there's that there's that 
a live performance element that everyone, you know, everyone's currently always watching each other, listening to make sure that they can adjust yeah. on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of similarities. Well, Merwin was talking about the, the communication and the, the dropping of walls. And I think that you guys have done a lot in that direction, mm-hmm. trying to take away that invisible wall that exists between the traditional classical audience mm-hmm. and and what's going on on stage. I remember, you know, back when Rent first came out, all these mm-hmm. opera companies got so excited and everybody started doing La Boheme and they mm-hmm. were like, look, it's the original Rent. <laughs> you know, that was kind of a little a little cheesy and a little misleading because it yeah. was really nothing like Rent. If you bring in, you know, if you went to see La Boheme Felicia after mm-hmm. when back in the the Rent day, I mean, mm-hmm. you were probably weren't even born then, but <laughs> <laughs> You you may be I a little bit disappointed. Crawling, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be a little disappointed. We'd well, be right? disappointed at the ending, right? So rent. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a very good friend, uh, Chris, who knew Rent before he knew Bohem, and um, he saw Bohem and realized that Mimi dies and kind of stays dead, and uh, that <laughs> that really just ruined it for him. It was, yeah, yeah, it was a total. I mean, and think about it. Bohem is not a happy ending for anybody. No. It's a everybody kind of wanders off stage holding their heads pretty low it's a tragic tragic ending right and um you know rent rent didn't do that so you know there is a sort of improvisation on the on the old standard i remember being disappointed in the opposite direction when i saw rent yeah i was used to la boheme (laughs) and i was thinking oh that's it everybody's gonna (laughs) die yeah wait a minute there's no happy endings in opera Right. So, so Boland did something interesting though, because after Rent, so uh, Baz Luhrmann brought it to Broadway. So there was a yeah. there was a Boheme opera production on Broadway, and it was at a Broadway theater, marketed and sold and ticketed and staged like a Broadway show. So Boheme has kind of lived on both sides of this in a couple of different incarnations over the years. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I just want to briefly play a couple of snippets of two different musicals to kind of demonstrate how they have evolved, even in the past, you know, few decades. Mm -hmm. Um, Two portraits of Thomas Jefferson, one of them from Leonard Bernstein's 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and one of them from, of course, from Hamilton. We'll start with uh, Bernstein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that's enough of that. Let's go to the next one. Secretary Washington's the president. Every American experiment sets a precedent. Not so fast. Someone came along to resist him. Pissed him off until we had a two-party system. You haven't met him yet. You haven't had the chance. Merwin is singing along with that one. <laughs> but uh, obviously a big difference. I mean, aside from the fact that 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue was like one of the biggest flops ever on Broadway. <laughs> lasted for just a few it. performances before they shut it down. And Hamilton, kind of the opposite mm-hmm. opposite yeah. story. Well, I think it reflects the fact that, first of all, hip-hop is the most listened-to form of music now. Right. It's, yeah. it's past rock. It's mm-hmm. past country. Mm-hmm. It is now the number one um, form of music listened to. And I think... It, I think there's a reflection of that. It actually, I, when you mentioned you were going to be playing uh, music about Thomas Jefferson, I thought it was going to be the next track from Hamilton, which is actually one of the most old fashioned tracks. Oh, yeah. That um, just shows how little I know about Hamilton. Uh, right? But, <laughs> but I think one of the things that's really, really interesting, um, is that Lin Manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton, 
um, is incredibly indebted to the musical tradition. I mean, this is somebody who um, is very aware of the sources he is citing, mm-hmm. the lines that he is borrowing, and will you know will refer to these moments of Sondheim as well as the moments he's borrowing from Tupac, you know, within the same song. We're just about running out of time. We had, you know, so many things that we could talk about with this, and maybe we'll pick it up again when we do the uh, episode with uh, Audra McDonald. Not with Audra McDonald, but about, you know, inspired by her concert. But before we sign off, let me ask you quickly, uh, those NBC live musicals, right, that they've <laughs> been doing, live, supposedly live musicals, uh, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? You guys like it or not? Zach, what do you say? I give it a total neutral position. Uh, it's not an easy win for me. And, and here's why, is that there is something live and wonderful about Broadway. You can listen to a recording of a Broadway show and imagine it in your head as a, as a, as a live thing that's happening. When you watch it on television, there's something produced about it. You see the, the camera angles are changing. You're seeing, um, yeah, you're seeing this more of a, a recorded presentation. Um, different even from some of those PBS documentary, um, not documentary, but concerts, uh, you know, semi-staged that feels more, more live than some of these made for TV musicals for me. So I, 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 I don't, you're on the fence. Yeah. I don't, I don't give it a thumbs down, but I don't give it a thumbs up. What do you think, Felicia? I'd have to agree with you. Um, uh, the last time I watched one of those live uh, musicals on TV was The Sound of Music. Audra McDonald was yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in there, and so was Carrie Underwood. And there were just, I think they hadn't worked out all the kinks yet. And Carrie Underwood didn't do the role very convincingly. Oh, that that's a whole nother bag of worms there. <laughs> <laughs> Sack of whatever. <laughs> but I watched it all the way through yeah. the end. And yeah. so, you know, it kept my attention mm-hmm. somehow, but I think all the way through, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I'd had my sound effects board then, right? (laughs) Merwin, what do you think? I think that I've only appeared in a couple of them in high school, so it wasn't like I managed to do a lot of musicals. But did you sing? Wow, really? We need to cut that part out. He was was singing right here (laughs) with Hamilton. But what what were the shows? Um, I was in Greece. Um, What was the other one? Pajama game. And but it, it was one of those things that I felt. I, I liked it because I felt the audience got a chance to see what it was like to be a performer mm. on that in a way that was a little bit different. Yeah. There's just the fact that sometimes you did see the backstage. Sometimes yeah. you saw, I thought that was neat. I, so so I, you're a thumbs up? I'm going to give them a thumbs up. I, I give it a thumbs up too, just by virtue of the fact that they did it yeah. and, and that they're putting it out there and they're making an effort. And, and I think that, you know, uh, quirks and quality aside, it's a valiant effort. We should yeah. mention also, I don't know if people are aware of this, but every time that they see the Toledo Symphony on stage, that's live too, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in just case. Just you know, We don't want the concept air to be a, <laughs> and a rumor. These are how rumors get started. I'm keeping a bed warm while her husband is away. On the British side in Georgia, he's trying to keep the colonies in line. Well, he can keep all of Georgia. Theodosia, she's mine. If you want to see uh, Leslie Odom Jr. live, you can do that. He's appearing October 21st, a week from Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. There are tickets still available, believe it or not. You can go to ToledoSymphony.com or call the box office at 419 246 8000. 
Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going online to our website, that is at WGTE.org. And very important, remember to give us a call, leave your questions, your comments at our phone line, 419-418-0012. We are looking for questions for the TSO's new music director, Elaine Trudell, for a future episode. So please don't be shy. Call that line. Again, the number is 419-418-0012. And remember, you can always check out all the upcoming events at the symphony by visiting their website toledosymphony.com and through their various social media outlets on facebook instagram and twitter my thanks to our regular panelists zach vassar and merwin sue and also to our special guests today the tso's director of marketing felicia canny i'm brad cresswell and you've been listening to toledo symphony lab here on fm 91 Standing still lying,